Welcome back to Mark's Madness. Tried to get that waveform looking as goofy as I could get it. That was that's a success. That's an early early success. Yeah, no. Oh, I, I made a I made a cool pattern that I hadn't made before, so I'm pretty happy about it. Pattern, Hopefully, that's auditory. As my, uh, just ex step family would say. They would be wrong, and, is, and I would I would take take town, issue with them. There was this town called Times Beach, and uh, you did you did a whole thing on that. <laughs> I about to say I've done uh, a whole other thing I on have, that. I have a lot of ex step family from that town. They swear oh. it was the stupid trailer park people moving in and ruining their town, even though like the fucking <laughs> mayor paid a guy to line the streets with dioxin, and they're just classist, dumbass motherfuckers. Um, and every goddamn one of them, I swear to God, cannot say orange. They say orange, and they can't say no, like Saturn or pattern they always say like saturn or pattern i i shit you not <laughs> just throw an extra ease in there where they don't they rightfully yeah. shouldn't be yeah this all i mean this all this all tracks i've, I've lived in missouri we say things don't six flags in st louis so anyone who oh yeah the, decides the to cultural the mecca batman is just getting a little like dioxin that makes you say pattern yeah no i mean it makes it i've <laughs> hey i've been there enough and i can't say the words good so i get it um <laughs> That being said, uh, welcome back to uh, Mark's Madness. We're doing it again. Uh, we are uh, jumping right in this week in uh, Black Reconstruction America on where yes. we left off, page forty nine, yeah. with uh, the best uh, the best name I've run into so far in this, and I'm <laughs> I'm going to steal it from David right now, God Governor R. C. Wycliffe. I'm so sad I didn't get to write to read that name. Uh -huh, that name is just uh -huh. so it. it that's a placard style. Name you know what, right there. David? David, go ahead. Take just take it from the top. Okay, take take okay. one for me. Give Governor R.C. Wycliffe in his message there, there at the we go. No, you're not going to get to read the rest of it. You're God not going to get to read the rest of it. No, okay, no, you're no. A sweet nice man. try. Go ahead. Yeah. In his message to the extra session of the legislature of Louisiana, expressed his disbelief that the election was a deliberate design to pervert the powers of the government to the immediate injury and ultimate destruction of the peculiar institution of the South. Oh, you, you, uh, you bad man. You lying bad man. R.C. Uh, this feel like a scene out of Toy Story. R.C. But R.C., <laughs> dumbass bad rc bad sliddell's <laughs> farewell speech in the congressional globe of february 5th 1861 we separate he said because of the hostile we separate ah it's important here separate yeah we separate all right yeah. I, I know how yeah. words work guys we separate <laughs> because of the hostility of lincoln to our institutions the slave ones guys if we if he were inaugurated without our consent there would be slave insurrections in the south it, oh, oh, and that's a bad thing. Can't have those. I love how they use a dog whistle and then spell out what the dog whistle is immediately afterward. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, very clear here. Uh, the Alabama commissioner to Maryland arraigned... All right, now, hold on, guys. Why is there an Alabama commissioner to Maryland? What is happening here? Is there, are there delegates from Alabama just in other people's states right now, just hanging out, you know, proselytizing for Alabama rights and things I mean, of that nature? Fair, at this point, it's like the Confederate autonomous region of slavery. Oh, so. God damn it. We're going to have Confederate Rojava now, aren't we? We're going to have Confederate Rojava. God Rojava, damn it. Rojava. I'll s yeah, and I'm here to say it incorrectly for those of us, you know, solidarity with my people that want to say it wrong, uh, arraigned the Lincoln government as proposing not to recognize the right of Southern citizens to property in the labor of African slaves. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. I love how they're trying to, they're not weaseling it into slavery now. Now it's they're trying to deprive me of my property. You know, that right guy. We're like, we're going to read so much and finish the chapter and now we're not going to make a page because all of the words are too gross. No. Oh, what? No, no, don't, don't get me twisted. We never, for we were going to jump right in, but not because we thought we were finishing the chapter, you naive man. Come on now. Um, 
In the Southern Congress at Montgomery on the 2nd of February, 1861, Senator Wigfall, oh my God, the name's this chapter. (laughs) Senator Wigfall from Texas said that he was fighting for slavery and nothing else. Guys, I don't know how much more explicit they could have been, um, just in case anyone tries to to gaslight you into thinking it was about something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the patent of nobility is in the color of the skin. Oh, Lord, this could be a long night. Uh, he, he wanted to live in no country in which a man who blackened his boots and curried his horses was equal. Okay. Give Negroes muskets and make them soldiers, and the next subject introduced for discussion will be miscongenuous. All right, guys. Well, what the fuck does that mean? That, that uh, I believe, means... Uh, like moving away from the current system, but let me is yeah. I mean, we have time. Let's Google it real quick. Yeah, but I I believe it means like a a contrast from the current system. Miscegenation. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, I know that's what it's. uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Miscegenation is interracial marriage. There we go. So even even more explicit because moving away from the current system. That that David. That sounds like a dog whistle. No, no. This yeah. man is concerned that if we if we let them fight for their country, uh, eventually they'll want to marry white women, and that is the bridge <laughs> too far, my friend. And finally, Alexander H. Stevens, vice president of the Confederacy. Oh, guys, we're getting we're getting the good one. The vice president of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a stand up guy stated fully the philosophy of new Confederate government. The new constitution has put at rest forever all the agitating questions relating to our peculiar institutions. I love, 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 love the dog whistle of peculiar institution. Um, it is <laughs> honestly time it's happened too. Sure. Oh, Our it happened. It's happened. Peculiar institution. No, it's it's always the, a peculiar institution. It's it is the bless your heart. Uh, that and bless your heart are the only two good things that the South has given me. Uh, that and sweet tea. I take it back. Sweet tea is the shit. I just, um, but I other than like, that, I feel like institutions was the way to say our American ways at the time. That's what I mm-hmm. feel like. Our way of life. Open Our up the life, open yes. up the barbershop, please. Yes. The American the American dream is at risk. I can't get my roots dyed. Um God damn. Uh, the new constitution put to rest forever all the agitating questions relating to our peculiar institutions. African slavery as it exists among us, the proper status of the Negro in our form of civilization. This, and this is italicized. This was the immediate cause of the late rupture and present revolution. This is from the vice president of the Confederacy. They uh, they said it out loud, people. Jefferson, in his forecast, had anticipated this as the rock upon which the old union would split. The slave-holding son of a bitch got one thing right, apparently. He was right. What was conjecture with him now is now a realized fact, but whether he fully comprehended the great truth upon which that rock stood and stands may be doubted. The prevailing ideas entertained by him and most of the leading statesmen at the time of the formation of the old Constitution were that the enslavement of the African was in violation of the laws of nature. Guys, uh, I feel like the Confederacy is about to make the Founding Fathers look woke. And, uh, oh man, oh man, this is good this is fun times for me um laws of nature that it was wrong in principle socially morally and politically it was an evil they knew not well how to deal with but the general opinion of the men of that day was somehow or other in the order of providence the institution would be evanescent 
wake me up inside, and pass away. <laughs> Those ideas, however, were fundamentally wrong. Guys, again, they're doing it. They're doing it right now in front of me, and it's, oh, oh my God. They rested upon the assumption of the equality of races. This was an error. Oh, my God. It was a sandy foundation, and the idea of a government built upon it. When the storm came and the winds blew, it fell. Guys, the, the guys, I you don't know if you're aware. The Civil War was over. Just, just Holy a little curious. Shit. Just, is this Nathan? Are you telling me that the Civil War was not about states' rights? I am be- based on the statements of uh, the Vice President of the Confederacy. Our, I'm being led to believe this may have been a little bit. How often? I love are how they're you like telling me taxes and social services. And big central government are not inherently tyrannical. Is that what you're telling me? This is the most insane thing. Literally, I I don't, I mean, I knew, Citations Needed did a great episode on this where they talk about, you know, yeah, uh, it cannot, you know, they've tried to whitewash what the Civil War was about um, and try and like dumb it down. But if you go to the primary sources, it was always about slavery and they did a good job of that. And I've read 100% about slavery. (laughs) And I've read all of that. I've seen all that evidence. Like I knew, like, this is not a surprise to me right now reading this. But I don't know if I've ever seen it this explicit. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is insanity. This is the most crazy. Like, it is. It is very. Well, I, again, to them, the it was bad. Like, once once that war was lost, once the Civil War was lost, it was oh, ra- slavery is bad. And then once the Civil Rights um, uh, movement happened, it was oh, uh, you know, just like we were talking about when the the slaveholders were breeding. Like, oh, once once they stopped the trade, breeding was supposed to be bad, right? Like now, racism is bad, but it's not about like combating racism or realizing what racism is an institution or pushing back on it it's about if you're called racist by someone who actually gives a shit about the institution that person is a judgmental jerk how dare they call you racist that's offensive i mean there wasn't that then so why not voice it they literally said the founding fathers thought that men were equal they were wrong about that. Right. Which the founding fathers clearly didn't really say that. These they, guys were like, no. why the hell would you write that, you dumbasses? That That's was going to be saying. exploited. <laughs> the founding fathers, a group of slave holding, objectively re- reactionary, bad, petty, bourgeois mm-hmm, bitches mm-hmm. were too liberal yes. for the fucking confederate. Let that sink in. Yeah. Holy shit. This was nothing but a blatant, like, I mean, it is the most blatant and obvious racism, and that's all it was based oh, on. Yeah. There was no other leg to stand on. David, I have I have bogarted uh, far too much of this good, <laughs> good, just awfulness. Please, please, sir, indulge. All right, I'm going to pick up. This is still in quotes. Our new government is founded upon exactly the opposite idea. Its foundations are laid in cornerstone rests upon the great truth that the Negro is not equal to the white man. That's Holy shit. No, stop. Uh-uh. No, sorry. You don't get to proceed past that. Your entire government is founded on the idea that black people are less than. That's your foundation yes. for government. Yes. Is black people what are not as right? good as us. States rights you, to say that black people are, are, are not the same as white people. States this right. is insanity. <laughs> this is absolutely the fact that, that you are not required slavery. to read this paragraph in every high school, middle school, elementary school history class, oh, yeah. that this doesn't get read into record before the yeah. teacher starts going on about yeah. some fucking bourgeois backward, you know, mm-hmm. try and flip flop on it. Like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, it continues that slavery subordination to the superior race is his natural and normal condition. 
This, our new government, is the first in history of the world based upon that great physical and moral truth. The truth and it wouldn't be taken up again It's revolutionary, Nathan. It's revolutionary. Yeah, I, they literally thought the concept of racial superiority was the, some the unique and found I mean, come the fuck the revolutionary on. Confederate states. It's just I'm a rebel, not racism. It's 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 rebellion. I'm a rebel. It, uh, yeah, I'm rebelling from common sense and logic and, no, you know, com- decency. We have talked about how common sense is, is a white supremacist concept of like if everybody thinks that it, it must be true. So, no, not common sense. We're talking about like. Logic. Okay, fine. Hold Logic, on. Hold on. We, empathy, we said that. Giving a shit. We said com- common Did sense. Did we is not David, say that? I, David, if we okay. said that, uh, this is news to me. Uh, we please, need to say please. that. Common sense is a bad term. Because okay. like, if it's common, it just means popular. Now, common sense could be like, don't your, stick your finger in a light socket. Cool. Great. Awesome. Common sense could also be like, if slavery is legal, then people breaking out of slavery are just breaking the law. So if they get shot, they... They shouldn't have broken the law. That's common sense. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have a pl- cop shoot at you that are there to shoot at you if you try to escape slavery. Sorry, man, that's common sense. Like, okay. I mean, the, the the thing is, like, it's it's like nature, right? When you say nature is inherently white supremacist, there's either this mind blow, like, whoa, fuck, or there's this bullshit. You know, oh, okay. a tree being nature- outside is not inherently white supremacist, but the idea that you know people no. aren't there is white supremacist. It's the same the thing big N in nature. Yeah, it's the same thing with common sense. It's an easy term to use, uh, and so it gets thrown around a lot. Uh, but the the problem is when it has any credence, it's so easy to abuse because it says normativity is true, and common sense would be great in a decolonized socialist situation, but in a capitalist, uh, especially colonized, and that should go hand in hand with capitalism. I mean, capitalism is came from colonization and regurgitates it in imperialism. Colonization and capitalism are, are essentially equal. So in a colonized or capitalist sense, common sense means adherence to capitalism and white supremacy. Um, okay. Now, that is that, really, that is good. That doesn't mean don't do stupid things or that everyone who like slips up and uses this term they've used this th- their whole life for you know not being dumb is inherently an, an open white supremacist but it doesn't mean the concept no. itself is something that should be no. pushed back on so much as the effort is worthwhile so i'm i'm there just injecting that in there just because you i love it out there no, it's good. It's it's okay. a good thing. It's it's good to think about. Okay. I will fuck it up still for a long time. Oh, sure. I can guarantee. I mean, there's a lot of things uh, we all fuck up yeah. for a long time. We're yeah, learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all learning. Yeah. And yeah. habits but, are uh, habits, but I mean, but I will I will do my habits. best to yeah. do my best to break myself of that. Absolutely. Do, just no no just shake the no no can at me anytime yes. it accidentally leaks out. <laughs> now they are universally acknowledged. May we not therefore look at the confidence to the ultimate universal acknowledgement of the truths upon which our system rests. It is the first government ever instituted upon the principles of strict conformity to nature. The ordination of providence in furnishing materials of human society. Many governments have been founded upon the principle of certain classes, but the classes thus enslaved were the same race and in violation of the laws of nature. Oh, my God. They think the only thing wrong with slavery is that they were the same race. Oh, my God. Look, look, look. I mean, you should be hearing this like in today terms with, say, you know, transphobia, homophobia, uh, things like that. Right. I mean, the 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 racism that, you know. Asian people are, are somehow, you know, animal eating, uh, uh, leader worshiping, brainwash. I mean, there's just this this natural this difference in people. Um, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, the racism should jump out at you, and and I mean, here it is, full form. This this country's always had it. Uh, yeah, and of I, course, uh, I. Oh no, go ahead. There's always providence. This is God's will. It's this is always God's will, which. 
again, the, the right wingers in any religion will always point to the foundation of that religion to uphold their wrong thoughts because they have nowhere to turn. Right. They have nowhere else to turn. They'd be like, oh, we should be selfish. This is to my advantage and just be craving assholes and hope that the other people like them jump along. Or they can be like, look, this is what God wills, because there's no logic that humans are lesser unless you can prove faux science or faux religion um, or, you know, just get a bunch of people to hold on to the same interest. I yeah, no. Yeah, pretty well. Mm -hmm. Oh God! All right, I I accidentally read ahead, so please just okay. keep finish finish this off. Commits no such violation of nature's laws. The Negro, by nature or by the curse against Canaan, is fitted that the condition he occupies in our system, the architect and the construction of buildings, lays the foundation of the proper materials, the granite, and then comes the brick or the marble. Substratum of our society is made of material fitted by nature for it and by experience we know that it is best not only for the superior but for the inferior race that it should be so it is indeed in our conformity with the ordinance of the creator it is not for us to inquire into the wisdom of his ordinances or to question them or his own purposes he has made one race to differ from another and he's had one star to differ from another star in glory and now i want to die because you and me know that everything this guy is saying is super fucked up. And that's why it's yeah. important to be raised that these things are super fucked up. Because if you don't know these things are super fucked up and you believe in God, that sounds very grand and that sounds right. Wow. Yeah. And that's exactly why. Uh, yeah. The, why these guys rise to power. Why these guys are, are the speakers of white supremacy and why they, you know, point to this faux science and this faux faux religion. And, you know, I there's mean, not even fucking science in this one. This is no, literally they, just they definitely do faux I, race science. We get the phrenology, phrenology and all that bullshit. Yeah, oh, and yeah. the, uh, oh, I just this can't. one's just all religion, though. It's but all it is, it even, it is God's it's, way. Oh. But he did say nature, the way of nature. So no, that's what I'm saying. Science. He's trying to make it natural. He's trying to make it out to be natural. And it's just. It is so, I I don't, this is, it started out sort of funny in its absurdity, and the more I'm having to sit in it, it's the gross. less, it's, yeah, it's just gross, gross and awful, and the fact, it it raises a certain level of extra, anytime someone's walking around with their fucking Confederate flag and shit mm -hmm. like that, and trying to say it's anything other yeah. than a, I, I just, I just read that. Read yeah. that and then tell me, tell me, this is the vice president of your movement. So yeah. go ahead and tell me why he's wrong and you have the better interpretation the, of it and it means something different. of that flag at the time. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, the one that founded that flag. This is what he thought. Why? Tell me why it's okay. Yeah. Uh, the rift between the Southern and South, I didn't know there was a big split here, so here we go. And the border states was bridged by omission of all reference, the reopening of the slave trade, and stressing the reality of the Northern attack upon the institution of slavery itself. So I think what Du Bois is saying there, and I'm sorry, we finally ended the quote. I think what Du Bois is saying there is like, um, in the South, Southern South, it was, oh no, we need to reinstitute the slave. This, this breeding is, is difficult. Whereas these, these border states uh, who are making hay on selling these slaves are like, no, it's the North is trying to destroy our institutions, uh, yeah. which I mean, makes sense. Uh, the Go movement ahead. against the slave trade laws in the Southern South was strong. Yeah. So, okay. So exactly what I thought he was saying and growing in 1854, a grand jury in the Williamsburg district of South Carolina declared as our unanimous opinion that the federal law of abolishing the slave trade is a public grievance. We hold this trade has been and would be if reestablished a blessing to the American people and a benefit to the African himself. 
It's always oh, about hate. everybody. Everybody benefits. Everybody it's a win-win, benefits. baby. It's a win-win. Yeah, Get aboard yeah. for the win-win. Fully automated luxury slavery. Um, oh, 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 how dare you? Oh, you have, cur- oh, you put that in my brain. Fuck you. Oh, you bad man. You bad, bad man. Never reach out for the benefit of everyone, by the way, because the benefit of everyone, as long as classes exist and as long as colonization exists and racism exists, is only the benefit of those in power. And I made an unfairly deep dig just to say that, but it was deep. Blah. It was deep. Blah. Um, Two years later, the governor of the state in his annual message argued for a reopening of the trade and declared, if we cannot supply the demand for slave labor, then we must expect to be supplied with a species of labor that we do not want, <laughs> i.e. free white labor. There, <laughs> a there it is. A fucking species of labor. God damn. You don't want white people doing work. They're awful at it. Look at them. Come on. <laughs> The movement was forwarded by the commercial conventions. In 1855 at New Orleans, a resolution for the repeal of slave trade laws was was introduced but not reported by committee. In 1856 at Savannah, the convention refused to debate the matter of the repeal of the slave trade laws but appointed a committee. Oh, good. Yeah, there's a a committee on repealing the slave trade laws, but we're definitely not like visiting that subject. We're just creating an entire committee for it. Yeah, we're going to create an exploratory exploratory (laughs) force for it. Committees, by the way, committees are either uh, if something is not being pushed by the mass public, uh, a a sign that something is going a direction that you don't want it to behind closed doors and they're just not admitting to it. Or something is being uh, pushed by the mass public. A committee is just to subverse that that mass push. So committees are, are generally bad. Uh, unless they're designed to be long-standing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. At the convention at Knoxville in 1857, a resolution declaring the inexpedient to reopen the slave trade was voted down. At Montgomery in 1858, a committee presented the elaborate majority report declaring it expedient and proper that the foreign slave trade should be reopened. After debate, it was decided that it was inexpedient for any single state to attempt to reopen the African slave trade while the state is one of the United States of America. Finally, at Pittsburgh in 1859, it was voted 40 to 19 that all laws, state or federal, prohibiting the African slave trade ought to be repealed. So, well, I, if could, if if a if a voting body of you know 69 people said nice uh, said that it should get <laughs> repealed, then it should absolutely. I mean, that's that's representative hey, right there, baby. It was 59, Nathan. Good good math. Sh- <laughs> hey, uh, I'm drinking Bud Ice. Uh, my math Doody, skills are out there. Fucking window. I don't think honestly, anybody remembers the penguin commercials. By the way, it, honest to God, it's the only reason I drink the shit. It's gar- <laughs> it's garbage trash, but that fucking commercial makes my life happy. Uh, that said, I, I just want you to know we have figured it out, Nathan. There is a second states' right. It's not uh, just slavery; it's the slave trade. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm glad we've established another one. Can you find me a, a states' right that doesn't? append the word slavery to it please that would be great both the provisional and permanent constitutions of the confederate states forbade the importation of negroes from foreign countries except the slave holding states or territories of the united states of america wait a minute was the actual confederacy more woke than the southern states of america i i 
I mean, that's what I just I, read. I yeah, just read I, that I there is a there is a yeah. more radical group of people than the fucking Confederacy. Honestly, honestly, honestly I'm going to pull a, a long ball here. I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull my Hail Mary of, of logic out. I think I think I think that was to get the North on the boat. Oh, you are playing eight D chess right now, man. No, no, no. I I would be surprised if if there was a third dimension. This is just this is just actually knowing how to castle, my friend. Um, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't know what any of this means. They made a lot of money, a lot of money on breeding and trading slaves. So what they said is, uh, and and notice this line. It isn't nobody, nobody, um, can. trade slaves in the confederate um constitution they said only slaveholding states of the united states could trade slaves so it's basically saying oh okay we're the confederate states you united states if you guys legalize slavery we'll buy the slaves from you you should legalize slavery so we can buy the slaves from god you'll make all the money oh my god i quit i quit i quit all this Nevertheless, the foreign ministers of the Confederate states were assured that while the Confederate government had no power to reopen the slave trade, the states could if they wanted to. States rights! And that the ministers were not to discuss any treaties to prohibit the trade. I'm going to need to create like a custom like drop like stinger for just some like, just uh, states rights. Yes. Just yes. to drop in liberally throughout these uh, There's these another episodes to the whole uh, Confederacy not doing the slave trade was possibly for treaty rights. Uh, so that's a good slick treaty thing like, hey, we won't do we won't do the slave trade there. Sign our treaty. Let us have the slaves. Oh, by the way, uh, we specifically put in language that we would definitely lead by slaves if you guys did it, too. Uh Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge. Yeah. Thus, the planters led the South into war, carrying the five million poor whites blindly with them and standing upon a creed which opposed the free distribution of government land, which asked for the expansion of slave territory, for restricted functions of the national government, and for the perpetuity perpetuity. I know that word. Holy shit. Perpetuity of Negro slavery. What irritated the planter and made him charge the North and liberal Europe with hypocrisy was the ethical implications of slavery. He kept explaining a system of work which he insisted was no different in essence from that in vogue in Europe and the North. Okay. They and he were all exploiting labor. Uh, all right, guys. I, I'm all for uh, pointing out the exploitation of labor. I'm not exactly sure he's going to be able to Ben Shapiro his way out of this. Uh, by, by the way, this might be a good uh, paragraph. This is page 51, second paragraph from the bottom. Uh, to put a little pin in, next time you hear some uh, class reductionist say something like, you know, um, wage slavery and be like, yeah. Don't don't use that. Don't term. do that. Don't uh, do that. That's literally a Confederate narrative. Here it is. Yeah, here it is. He did it by individual right. They by state law. They called their labor free, but after all, the laborer was only free to starve. Guys, I'm actually <laughs> agreeing with the Confederacy real quick right now. Hold on one second while I go start learning Dixie. This um, is like because- when the Republican Party um, rips on the Democratic Party for being racist pe- pieces of shit. But yeah. really just what they're trying to say is Black Lives Matter are racist. So they say, yeah, look, you know, Democrats in Chicago and New York are racist, too. And it's like, well, yeah, but that that's not what you mean. 
this is this is you, very much that you, onion article of the worst yeah. guy you know makes a good point right. <laughs> but it is it is definitely uh you know republicans attacking democrats from the left in language so that they can do worse at the very subject they're attacking democrats hypocritically for that's this is exactly that oh man so I'm going to go back then. They called their labor free, but after all, the laborer was only free to starve if he did not work on their terms. They called his laborer a slave when his master was responsible for him from birth to death. Woof. The Southern argument had strong backing in the commercial North. Hey, in case you wanted to get some uh, some feelings of, of moral superiority, get, just dissuade yourself of those. Disabuse yourself. They're not here. Lawyer O'Connor of new york i the guys the guy's name is lawyer o'connor he's not a lawyer who was also irish his name is lawyer like lawyer malloy (laughs) from the patriots you know uh expressed amid applause that calm reasoned estimate of the negro in 1859 which pervaded the north uh there's some quotation marks here guys it's gonna get bad now, gentlemen, oh, he's from the north, never mind. Now, gentlemen, nature itself has assigned his condition of servitude to the Negro. Eh, starting off strong. He has the strength and is fit to work. Oh, good. But nature, which gave him his strength, denied him both the intelligence to rule and the will to work. I want to die. I want to die. I want to die. Oh, both are denied to him, and the same nature which denied him the will to work gave him a master who should enforce this will and make a useful servant of him in a climate to which he is well adapted for his own benefit and that of the master who rules him. I assert that it is no injustice to leave the Negro in the position into which nature placed him to put a master over him, and he is not robbed of any right. If he is compelled to labor in return for this and to supply a just compensation for his master in return for the labor and the talents devoted to ruling him and to making himself useful to himself and society. Hey, guys, white people are the fucking worst. We deserve to not exist. Um, Um, Any day now. I'm going to need a minute to take my headphones off and clean up the blood that's coming out of my ears right now. Because um, holy oh, fuck. It's your ears. Okay, because it's my eyes uh, is where it's coming out of. But I <laughs> well, did have to read that. It, so, yeah. I, yeah. I really I, I, everything, uh, everything, everything hurts. Um, and I and that's not the butt ice. That's yeah. that's no, that's institutional racism. Holy shit. Uh, God damn it. What the planter and his northern apologist did not readily admit was that this exploitation of labor reduced it to a wage so low and a standard of living so pitiful that no modern industry in agriculture or trade or manufacture could build upon it, that it made ignorance compulsory and had to do so in self-defense, that it automatically was keeping the South from entering a great stream of modern industry where growing intelligence among workers, a rising standard of living among the masses, increased personal freedom and political power were recognized as absolutely necessary. So uh, let's make this very clear, right? Um, They made slaves uneducated. They refused to educate them, and the slaves could not really band together and demand that back as well. They could, but, you know, unfortunately, like, they they weren't even paid enough wage to... There was no slave union? We didn't have a slave union or something like that? And so by doing that, then they could point to these illiterate people and be like, look, they're dumb. Um... It's 
it's almost like when they, you know, teach poor people to live desperately month to month and one comes across money and suddenly doesn't have the mystical connections in the stock market and uh, literacy in saving money then and, and loses their money. And they go, see, it's just because they can't budget money that they weren't set set up for failure. It's like that to a much grosser degree. Much grosser. Infinitely grosser. Yes. Yes. The ethical problem was presented was less important than the political and far less than the economic. The Southerners were as little conscious of the hurt they were inflicting on the human beings as the Northerners were for their treatment of the insane. It is easy. Uh, there, wow. There's Du Bois ripping on ableism. That's, that's pretty slick, buddy. Uh, it is oh, yeah. Easy. No, he's, he's doing a good job. Yeah, he's, he's good shit. Uh, it is easy for men to discount and misunderstand the suffering or harm done to others. Once accustomed to, so- to poverty, the sight and toil and degradation, it easily seems normal and natural. Once it is hidden beneath a different color of skin, a different statue, or a different habit of action and speech, it is all conscious of inflicting – or all conscious of inflicting ill disappears. Now – Listen, this is something that people do with imperialism right now. Oh, those yes. poor other countries. Oh, they kill each other. Oh, those Muslims are bombing each other. And it's something, you know, I mean, you also see it, of course, you know, in, in colonial racism within the country. You know, oh, those yeah. those inner city gangs. There and stuff it is. Like that. Yeah. I was about to say, um, there it is. Yeah. It's 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 all the same kind of things. Um, or, the, you know, the Shia and Sunnis are fighting each other. Or oh, those Koreans always worship their leaders. It's, you know, it's always... It's not only a misunderstanding and exaggeration of the system and an ignorance for the harm they're doing, uh, but it is one of those situations where you create a situation of harm, right? Like we just talked about, you make people more illiterate and you call them stupid. You teach people violence all day long. We went through this with Wretched of the Earth. Uh, I know we didn't read, but we referenced uh, Black Skins, White Masks, which also talked about this, uh, where you teach colonized people violence, 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 because it's all they see. And so when they communicate that with each other and turn violence on each other, it's see, look, they're inherently violent. They're brutes. We're, we're healing them. We're keeping them to heal. We're giving them peace. Um, this is the same exact goddamn thing. It's exactly the same. Oh, yeah. No, there has been no change. Yeah. Um, guys, it's been about 30 minutes, about half an episode. And we've just been talking about unrelenting, uh, unrelenting racist bullshit. Yeah. And so I thought this was roughly the right time for me to uh, modify an existing segment on the show that uh, has oh, not God. occurred in a while oh, and uh, and bring it back just for some some mild levity and a different new kind of racism. Guys, is this, it's... Uh, is the Washington Post or New York Times? Uh, yeah, this is... No, 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 no. So it's usually the Washington... You know, the, the, the Wall Street Journal uh, yeah, bullshit Street piece Journal, of the week. That's it. Wall Street Journal, yeah. Well, unfortunately, the Wall Street Journal, I've, uh, I've stopped getting those push alerts because I value my own <laughs> mental health. But I was we have comedy, but I get mental exactly. Yeah, I no. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I did. Uh, I did stumble across this happening on Fox News. Um, oh, no. Don't worry. I don't get push alerts from them. I just get Twitter no, no. alerts occasionally when no, people no, dunk. No. Yep. Hi. Welcome. This is uh, from Senator Tom Cotton of the great oh, state of no. Arkansas. Oh, no. If Chinese students want to oh, come here and no. study Shakespeare and the Federalist Papers, that's what they need oh, to learn from America. No. They don't need to learn quantum computing. This is a quote relating to Senator Tom Cotton proposing restrictions oh, on Chinese students studying science and God. tech at U.S. universities. You know, they should study those uniquely American things like William oh, fucking Shakespeare. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> He really wanted to point out the Federalist Papers. We should be teaching everybody the Federalist Papers. That is no one gives a education. shit about the Federalist Papers. Ah, education. 
Oh my God, Tom Cotton, Woo Pig, get fucked. Uh, uh, that's yeah. just so you dumb motherfucker. So but, guys, what I'm saying is, you know how we're reading all this? We're like, oh my God, those racist assholes. A good thing we live in the enlightened twenty. Guys, they're still saying it. Yeah. They haven't stopped. Just uh, way out loud. Way the fuck Way out loud. out loud. There is nothing coded about that. He said Chinese people Ooh. shouldn't get to learn STEM in American universities. Yeah. What the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Tom Cotton will run for president no, of the United I'm States shake, in, I'm still, I'm in, in a couple years. Just the implications. The implication. First off, that China is ahead of the U.S. in technology. Remember, all of the 5G is causing COVID, um, you know, theories out there that are, are just to, to delegitimize Chinese technology. Um, but now it can't possibly be that China is ahead of us on technology and Chinese Americans are separate people themselves who get regular educations like everybody else and that this will affect all Asian Americans. No, it's definitely just Chinese people just coming to America to steal our technology without reading the Federalist Papers, which would make you enlightened, <laughs> good people that A know gar- the not insidious <sighs> things to do with technology. Thanks, Tom I- fucking Cotton. Fuck off, Tom Cotton. Fuck okay. off. So, goddamn. All right, uh, back to Confederate racism. So much better. <laughs> a different, <laughs> a different flavor of racism, if you will. The Southern planter suffered not simply for his economic mistakes. The psychological effect of slavery upon him was fatal. The mere fact that man could be under the law an actual master of mind and body of human beings had to have disastrous effects. It tended to inflate the ego of most planters beyond all reason. They became arrogant, strutting, quarrelsome kinglets. I like the term king. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Also, this describes every middle manager in the history oh, yeah. of fucking time. 100%. But again, planters were a billion times shittier. But exactly. I do like kinglets. Um, your boss is a kinglet and your landlord is a kinglet and they can <laughs> call, call your boss a kinglet tomorrow. Just see what happens. guys. <laughs> do it. They issued commands, they make laws, they shouted their orders, they expected deference and self abasement. Abasement. Self abasement. They were. God damn, I thought my vocabulary was good and this book is really testing it. God damn it, it Du Bois. I mean, it's almost like the guy has. It's almost like the guy has a Harvard education and he's trying to show it. They were caloric. 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 Oh, okay. They were caloric and easily insulted. Their honor became vast, an awful thing requiring wide and insistent deference. Such of them were inherently weak and inefficient, were all the more easily angered, jealous, and resentful. While the few who were superior, physically or mentally, conceived no bounds to their power or personal prestige. If you had talent and you were a planter, you thought you were a fucking god. Oh, yeah. As the world had long learned, nothing is so calculated to ruin human nature as absolute power over human beings. On the other yeah, hand, no, that'll do. Yeah. On the other hand, the possession of such power did not and could not lead to its continuous tyrannical exercise. A tyrant could be kind and congenial. He could care for his chattels like a father. He could grant indulgence and largesse. He could play with power and find tremendous satisfaction in its benevolent use. Thus, economically and morally, the situation of the planter became intolerable. What was needed was the force of a great public opinion to make him see his economic mistakes and the moral debauchery that threatened him. 
Uh, guys, again, you know, all of these guys are so much, so much shittier than capitalists. Uh, but you better believe a lot of the things being described as planters here. Uh huh. Sure as shit, apply to capitalists. You better believe Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos actually think their shit doesn't stink. Actually believe they're doing good on the world. And how dare you question them? I shit you not. One hundred percent. I oh another thing. Sorry, another uh, uh, small intrusion. Uh, but it, it did feel relevant. Um, it was pointed out to us uh, there was an yeah. important fact about Du Bois that I did oh. not cover. In our uh, our background in history episode, are we talking short um, king Du Bois? We're we're talking short king, baby. Du Bois, yeah. WB Du Bois, five foot five. Yeah. That 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 was a power man. That is a yes. short king in the room, yes. guys. Yes. Um, I want you all was... to know that Nathan is tall, so I'm loving this part of the t- podcast right now <laughs> because I am. I feel not like the Stalin. In the world. Stalin was like only like five seven or five eight, wasn't he? Like, he was, was fairly only short. like five uh, five five himself too. I think Lenin no. and Du Bois were the same height. Yeah, no. I, again, I'm wrong. There are no Ho tall. Chi Minh was like four foot ten. That there are no tall revolutionaries. I get it. I am counter revolutionary by my genetics. <laughs> I understand. Let's get into some phrenology, uh, guys. This is the new you podcast. Cloud sucking garbage counter revolutionary. I I know. I am sucking up all this good good oxygen, getting things off the top shelf for you. But that is the best I can do. I will never be able to lead the revolution. God damn it! I very hey. Everybody, all of us, all the short people lead the revolution. You can change our light bulbs. Thank you, Nathan. That, oh, you know what? If that's the role I play in communism is designated light bulb changer, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> because if if we wanted to do it, we would have to be one of those change of light bulb jokes where like one of us held the light bulb and the other one spun the ladder because that's all we got. No, I'm a, that makes we sense. Need we need you. That uh, I was, it was speaking of getting stuff on top of it was funny. It was just anecdotal. This was a couple. I think it was almost at the very beginning of quarantine. I don't think I talked about it on the show though. It was hilarious. Um, so I went to right when the quarantine started. I was I was I'm the designated survivor or designated plague getter in my my family where oh, nice. I go out. I go out and do Isn't all that of the, the opposite of the designated survivor. It's exactly the opposite of the designated survivor. But yeah, I'm the one that goes out and is, is you know, PP'd up and spraying shit down and trying my best to, to keep, you know, do our once every three week shopping trip and keep everyone alive. Yeah. Um, but on that first one, I went out. Uh, I was wearing my uh, my hoodie from the Dumb and Awful store that I love so very much. Sure. Um, that just it has a it just has a picture of a skeleton with the word communism on a sash across him. It was yeah. an old like Condé or, you know, William Nash photo sure. whatever right uh but uh, there was it, this, again right as the panic was beginning there was this poor there's a little old lady in the back of a target and i was you know i was standing up and getting some some stuff off the top shelf and there yeah. was it was like the last thing of like toilet paper or cleaning supplies something like that and she she was just kind of looking like forlorn at it and and she was she was just like would you be able to help i'm like do you need that she's like yeah please and i'm like oh hell yeah <laughs> grabbed it off the top shelf. i was i'm fucking rocked out i got my i got my mask on i got my gloves on i got my commie hoodie on i'm just like yeah absolutely she she looked at my i didn't remember i was wearing the hoodie at the time and she kind of looked at me sideways and was just like that's interesting um (laughs) and i was like oh yeah no communists love to help people and then i just walked away (laughs) just like i just want to be a fable i want to be a communist fable in that woman's i want to be the one thing that embeds in her communism is good nathan what if she was good and actually liked communism and didn't get the sarcasm I don't think it was sarcasm. I was just being genuine. Communists no, like to help people. No, it's our job. I mean the sarcasm of the death, the death skeleton. Oh, yeah. No, that's 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 eh, eh. I'm gonna go with the. I mean, eh. It's good. 
That woman was scared you're a fascist. God damn it. Nathan. Yeah. Eh, whatever. I'm cool with it. Uh, come on. You've seen me. I don't look like a fascist. I do a pretty good job of looking like a dirty commie. Uh, you do not look like a fascist, except for being goddamn tall. I, it's not my fault. Also, I feel like Hitler was like 5'5", five, five, so let's not get carried away here. Oh, God. Hold on. Um, hold, on hold on. We have the magic of... You say that Googling, I mean, I'm sure for Hitler, it's like, we know how tall Hitler was, um, but I feel like he was also a short king, and so uh, maybe. Oh, motherfucker. Wait for it. He was five foot eight. Ha! Ha! Suck it! What's Six foot and up. That? We are praising these short kings. We're not going to talk about my height, my exact height. Mm-hmm. My exact, my exact. Yeah, come on, come on now, Hitler height. Bring I, it out. I'm five foot eight. Yep. I do not like this. Yep. I do not like this one bit. Hold on. I, How tall was Trotsky? This is important. Oh, this no, is important. No, no. This is important no, and I need to know it. I must know no, how no. tall was Trotsky. Google, tell me. I hope he's tell exactly me. Nathan inches high. Five um, nine. Bum bum bum. Why is God damn it? There is actual. I know there's like a. a you know who else was five height. eight? You know who else was five eight? Beria. No. You got Hitler and Beria. Enjoy, David. Enjoy. <laughs> Lenin was also five five. Uh, yeah, I, I told you Lenin was five five. No, you're right. It's it's uh, okay, again yeah. short kings for the wins. Yeah. Okay. Um, Leon Trotsky was five foot eight in that. Fuck off. Yeah. 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 Ho Chi Minh. Five five exact five 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 five. I um, thought Ho Chi Minh was like four ten. Five five. Oh, so man. Lenin, Ho Chi Minh, Du Bois. I don't you like wanna know this. what's. I, you want to know what's going to throw? You want to know going to throw something off for you? And this is it, I, I, again. Th- I acknowledge this is like some cultural, you know, kind of systematic racism in here. But get this: the two tallest revolutionaries, Mao Zedong at five eleven. And Kim Il Sung at five nine. Hmm. Okay, who? Okay, I'm East all, Asia. At least, at least East only Asia an hold inch it down. away from. I'm only an inch away from Kim Il Sung. That was good because holy <laughs> shit! I've, you got to realize. I just realized I was the same height as Leon Trotsky and Adolf Hitler. This is not going no, well for no, me. No, it's not going. No, no, this it's is not, not my it's day. Not, it's ideally probably not the way you want to go about no, it. Oh, um, damn. No, okay. For all you tall kings out there, for all you big boys that want, you know, hey, who the fuck do I get? Fidel Castro, 6'3". That's our, there's our, there's our fucking, you know, small forward. Okay, hold on. We got, I'm going to look at how tall Benito Mussolini is. You keep I mean, reading. why would you do that? Because I'm hoping he's like 6'3", and or whatever Nathan Height is. You know he's, he's not. You're probably you know he's, he's 5'7". I'm 6'1". Fuck. Yes. But Benito Mussolini, 5'7". You knew he was short. You knew it from the get-go. You absolutely knew it was. Mm, so uh, I get Benito Mussolini, Adolf Hitler, and Leon Trotsky. I'm just doing so yeah. goddamn well. Yeah, but I no, do it's, get Kim Il-sung. That's at least good. Yeah. Uh, if you round up and you're wearing pumps, you get Kim Il-sung. I am rounding. You know, I'm going to stand on a fucking, like, <laughs> I, I'm wearing high heels for the rest of time. Now, wearing goddamn this heels. This is... For the record, if all of this doesn't make it into the episode, <laughs> who am I saying? I have final decision on that. All of this is going in the episode, and you can't I stop can me. I tell you to cut it all day long. And <laughs> I will you never will no. <laughs> cut none of it. We are doing phrenology, oh. but for height, and we are we are proud of it. 
Where the I'm, fuck are we, I'm going to cry. Okay. But here again, the planter class, has, no room was made for the reformer, the recalcitrant. The men who dated such thought and – would. The men who dared such. I'm sorry. The men who dared such. <laughs> dated such act, thought. I'm act, going steady with recalcitrant thoughts. Ooh. <laughs> and act were driven out or suppressed with a virulent tyranny reminiscent of the Inquisition of the Reformation. So or again, and the Reformation. Yeah, the Reformation. It wasn't. Okay. There wasn't an Inquisition of the. Re- we're going to inquisit sorry. that Reformation. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Protestants, I, mean, I see what you're doing. Here's here's another key. You know, I mean, to them, like. Uh, the North winning was tyranny, taking away the slavery was tyranny to Du Bois, and of course Du Bois was right, you know, in all of our opinions, I hope to God, uh, is, is you know, it was the planters who are tyrants. How dare you think slavery be bad and we should reform it? Yeah. Uh, for these, there was the same peculiar way of escape lay before the slave. The planter who could not stand slavery followed the poor whites who could not stand Negroes. They followed the Negro who also could not stand slavery into the North. And there, removed from immediate contact with the evils of slavery, the planter often became the copperhead and theoretical champion of a system which he could not himself endure. Um, (laughs) This really makes me think of of the uh, uh, New York liberals. Like, uh, you know, you could see black people suffering in the South and be like, ah, Alabama could be raised to the ground. Okay, I'm going to light a fuck another fucking cigar and gentrify yeah. Brooklyn. Like I, that's that's uh, exactly what. It is. That being said, uh, right now, any comrades living in yep. New York, uh, so, I mean, fuck solidarity. Oh yeah, things are not going well. <laughs> I, just, no, I guess I picked the wrong time to pick on New York. I'm sorry. No, 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 uh, no, no. I just keep, I just keep, I keep checking in with like Rob and Brett. Oh, and yeah. uh, it's it's very. It is worse than you can imagine it being. Um, like yeah. again, if you're living in the Midwest or something like that, you have no concept of what it is, how bad it is getting uh, in the in the epicenter. So just again, yeah, it is a uh, it is it is rough for our our New York friends right now. So any comrades you know up there, just check in on them, make sure everything's okay, anything you can do. But uh, but right now, yeah, it is it's 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 a bad time. Yeah. Um, aside from David stupidly ripping on New York. Oh, uh, no, no. We all, no, uh, no. It's, it's good. 99.9% of the time, it's a good time to do it. This is another analogy for uh, when they tell you, you know, oh, if you think China's so great, you think Cuba's so great, why don't you just move there? And obviously, you know, I mean, there's the answer that, like, please, all please. My family's here. I can't afford it. But also, you know, if you just run away from the problem to where it's good and let it fester, all of the same people that can't run away from there are suffering. All of the people who would be instituted as the lower underling class the second you left would be left suffering and if you're a colonized person i get it man go go wherever it's the least suffering but like white people like me and nathan fuck off you stand your ground and you fight this shit i'm sorry you do yeah no your answer there is, is no not, escapism there is no escapism answer- for the colonizers yeah. we don't get we don't get to play escapist and oh i'm going to yeah. canada because trump won fuck you. yeah yeah your answer is not like oh i can't afford it your answer is i have a battle to wage for the good of humanity yeah. and i'm gonna fucking fight it that's yeah. that that's your answer right there and frederick Douglass. oh yes frederick Douglass thus summed up the objects of the white planter i understand this policy to comprehend five cardinal objects they are these first the complete suppression of all anti-slavery discussion second the expatriation of the entire free people of color from the united states third the unending perpetuation of slavery in this republic 
Fourth, the nationalization of slavery to the extent of making slavery respected in every state in the union. That's the only time I've heard nationalization of an industry not be a good thing, but nope, don't do that. Um, Fifth, the extension of slavery over Mexico and the entire South American states. Oh, (laughs) I cannot. Oh, no, thank you. Um, I think Bernie Douglas broke it down there real good, too. That is exactly what the white planners want. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This whole system and plan of development failed and failed of its own weakness. Unending effort has gone into painting the claims of the old South, its idyllic beauty and social charm. Fuck you. But the truth is inexorable. With all of its fine men and sacrificing women, its hospitable homes and graceful manners, the South turned the most beautiful section of the nation into a center of poverty and suffering, of drinking, gambling, brawling, an abode of ignorance among black and white more abysmal than in any modern land, and a system of industry so humanly unjust and economically inefficient, if it had not committed suicide in the Civil War, it would have disintegrated under its own weight. Mm -hmm. With the Civil War, the planters died as a class. We still talk as though the dominant social class in the South persisted after the war, but it did not. It disappeared. Just how quickly and in what manner the transformation was made, we do not know. No scientific study of the submergence of the remainder of the planter class into the ranks of the poor whites and the corresponding rise of a portion of the poor whites into the dominant portion of the landholders and capitalists has been made. Of the names of prominent Southern families in Congress in 1860, only two appear in 1870, five in 1880. Of 90 prominent names in 1870, only four survived in 1880. Men talk today as though the upper class in the white South is descended from the slaveholders. Yet we know by plain mathematics that the ancestors of most of the present Southerners never owned a slave, nor had any real economic part in slavery. The disaster of war decimated the planters. The bitter disappointment and frustration led to a tremendous mortality after the war. And from 1870 on, the planter class merged their blood so completely with the rising poor whites that they disappeared as a separate aristocracy. It is this that explains so many characteristics of the post-war South. It's lynching and mob law, it's murders and cruelty, it's insensibility to the finer things of civilization. And we end this chapter, as we do all of these chapters, on a quote, or poem in this case, from James Rorty, Not spring, from us no agony of birth, it is asked or needed in a crimson tide. Upon the down slope of the world, we, the elect, are hurled in fearful power and brief pride, burning at last to silence and dark earth. Not spring by James Rorty. The the amount of crimson tide, it, 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 the amount of effort it took me not to make a roll tide reference right there, guys. Just no, I mean, Herculean efforts on my part. I just need you all to know. And that, guys, takes us. We we did in fact finish another chapter. We did. We, we did, did we the did. thing. I knew, see, I knew we would make it. We did so good. We made I four felt, whopping pages. We were so good. We, <laughs> no, no, uh, we made like four and a half, okay. sort of. <laughs> we have traded places on giving ourselves credit know, for that. I know. I know. And, uh, and spoiler alert, just just a teaser. The next yep. chapter, uh, very appropriately titled "The General Strike." 
Yeah. Uh, so get ready for how uh, what that what that means in the context of this book coming up next week. But uh, yes, but I don't want to brush over there. There's there's a nugget there. Um, oh, there were a couple was, nuggets. Okay, uh, there is a nugget where it's it's a nugget of origami, and you unfold it, and on the inside is a giant fucking map full of text that we all need. Uh, there was a, a notice uh, there talking about you know the lynch mobs and the descendants and the decimation of the planter class, uh, which there's two big things about it. One is our understanding, and this is kind of the idea that we can't just you know wipe the bourgeoisie and then not change the system um, to one that isn't bourgeois. Okay. Uh, this puts it at the U S did have a revolution. And because of the failures of reconstruction, it was a bourgeois revolution, which it was fought to be one. It wasn't necessarily fought to be any kind of socialist or noticeably the colonial revolution, though it was against slavery. Um, and in a bourgeois revolution, the names change, the aristocracy changes, some level of aristocracy is still there, uh, but there's still a bourgeoisie and a subverted proletariat. And so that was the problem with the Civil War was the, the failures of Reconstruction, not the failure of it as, as you know, Reconstruction being a bad thing, but the failures of carrying it out because of the subversion and the attacks from moderates and, and the planter class or what was left of the planter class and the reactionaries and the racists. Uh, but also there's a really, really big nugget there about lynchings and the idea of poor white people. And this is something that we should carry with us. Uh, this is something we should understand as settlers. Not only is there this interest as white people that we talk about, I don't know how many times, uh, where even the poorest white people have an interest in white supremacy. You get some benefits from that, and you have to l- fight loudly against white supremacy with all of your heart in order to liberate yourself in other ways. And individual white people can do that. They can be class traitors uh, against, you know, uh, white supremacy, but in, in order to fight for their, their true class as the proletariat, and that's the only way to liberate yourself. But as a class, that's not going to happen. Uh, but also the level of violence that it takes to lynching, um, that comes from the planters who have fallen. And this is something you see in fascism, right? Um, the petty bourgeois, also large corporations that don't become the monopolies that get the government contracts and the privatization as things centralize. Uh, the bourgeoisie and the petty bourgeois, all bourgeoisie that fall, tend to be the ones that we think of the violent working class people. Fascism is not a working class thing. It comes from the bourgeoisie, but there is a level of bourgeoisie that supports it. The bourgeoisie supported it all along. Fascism is a reaction. It's a mixture of the, the bourgeoisie that lose all the privilege and all of a sudden want a revolution to fight to, to have it back, uh, but don't know how to do a revolution. They only purely know the violence and the arrogance. Uh, and people who want to protect capital. And so you get these explicit monopolies, but you also get the, the, the petty bourgeois, the suburban uh, class, the labor aristocracy, and all of the bourgeoisie that falls as things fully monopolized in all-out attacks on the people that they believe should serve them, the people that they're used to being an underclass. Uh, you take all of this conspiracy. How did my wealth go? What happened? Everything fell apart. And you point it at the underclass. And that's exactly why fascism is always decorated with this language of our American way, the threat of our American way. You're going to destroy America. You're going to destroy capitalism. You're going to destroy dr- jobs. Um, you're ruining the economy. This this communist virus is ruining the economy, all that stuff. It comes from the same feeling. And here you saw that from the planters. And that's why lynchings were so widespread and violent. And these were the people that were suddenly 
in the white unions. And so that, you know, I mean, obviously we had the white unions and the problems with racism and competition. Du Bois made very clear before. But now you're seeing the fallen planter class dominate and, and take over in those places. So, yeah. So it is important that it's not that the, the planter class became the aristocracy. It's that an aristocracy rose because white people had more wealth, because slaves were more poor, and people were able to buy up and become landlords. Uh, but also, you know, or, or bourgeoisie rose, I should say. Uh, but also, it isn't the old planter aristocracy. They fell to supposedly white proletariat and they were out to protect their whiteness against their former slaves, and they did not mind being violent to the people that they used to think of as property. Let it just be said that I am eternally grateful that I do this podcast with a uh, uh, intelligent human being that can articulate <laughs> thoughts like that, because holy fuck. Yeah, no, that that's... Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to. No, this has been Mark's madness. I got nothing. That's 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 perfect. That's fucking perfect. God damn it. Uh, I <laughs> my inferiority complex will continue another week, gang. Don't worry. Um, so you get uh, over it. you're good at this, too. And get carried away. Um, that being said, if you want to help the podcast in any meaningful way, um, uh, don't give us money because we don't do that. But no. do go the the do go to uh, iTunes or whatever your review site of iTunes is the one that people seem to care about. But if you got another, you know, whatever whatever way, just throw just throw some sort of uh, review on there, preferably five stars. I see you out there, four star people. Y'all 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 went away, and I appreciate it. We finally pushed that one star person off the front of iTunes and it makes me feel better about myself as a human being. That's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the one thing I would say to do. Uh, the second thing I would say to do, if you enjoy this podcast and enjoy what we're talking about, uh, come hang out in uh, the Dumb and Awful Discord because that is the place that I spend almost all of my time online. David now is uh, there. He's an occasional visitor. He's he's more like, he comes in. Yeah, no, he, he makes... He, he drops in, drops a page and a half of text of like super good information and then ghosts. Like he's going, Batman's out and he's gone. And it's fan fucking tastic. And it, it's, it's, I'm loving the hell out of it. But yeah, that's where, uh, if you just want to talk or like, or just be, again, have some feeling of community where there's other people that you can kind of talk to all the time that are thinking the same way you are. That's a, a great place to start. Um, that's, it's, it's just, it's cool and it's chill. Um, if you want to email us directly, uh, at or Mark's Madness Pod at gmail.com is where you would get us there. Um, again, anyone that just if you just want to reach out, if you just have questions, again, I'm not I'm not going to claim I have any answers, but I can absolutely screenshot and send it to David, and he will have answers. <laughs> so I am I am good for David nothing if not filtering stuff. Uh, are they related to 19th century French existentialism? Because if not, no, I do not, sir. No, I do not. <laughs> Uh, that being said, or Final Fantasy 14. If y'all want to yeah. know about Final Fantasy 14, I still probably don't know enough, but I do know people that know a fuck ton about it, and I I'm I'm cool with them, so they'll yeah. they'll tell me. But obviously, um, you know, like Nathan was saying, don't be afraid to to email us, Mark Manis. Never. We had a great uh, email this week about someone wanting to get involved, and we did not know the area as well. Um, there's uh some organizations, so that was that was helpful. Hell yeah. Um, and and just just ap- uh, apropos of no, just tie in for no apparent reason. Shout out to fucking the work that they're doing out there in yeah, so during all w- of this. I mean, WHOAGSO yeah. does incredible things for houseless people. Um obviously there's there's uh Serve the People in in Oakland we know about uh for people who are in California. Yep. Uh, we're we're in the St. Louis area, uh so obviously there's the uh, Center for People Self 
Extermination, STL, uh, and Karen House, uh, which are both here, which are very good. Um, national organizations, we think extremely highly of Black Hammer, uh, who seems to be coming up. Fuck, yes, we do. Uh, and then the United Panther Movement from the New African Black Panther Party yep. um, uh, doing very good things. Um, so, you know, I mean, they, if you want to give money, like, don't give it to us, give it to places like that. No, um, no, no, yeah. Give it, give it to an organization, or more importantly, yeah. again, than money, again, is, is just time and effort. If you're in these areas, body on the ground, be there. Yes. You're going to meet other comrades. You're going to yes. meet people that want the same things you want. You're going to feel that sense of community that makes movements like this powerful and 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 durable. Yes. And that's the best thing we can be doing right now. Again, and, is I, I and when no, you do it, just remember, like organizing is a thing. We always need more organizers so we we always need more organizers in the movement but you don't have to be an organizer when we talk about praxis praxis could just be volunteering can be listening to the organizers and doing yes. what they organize to do right yes. it can be like an organizer is out there saying hey we're gonna have a protest today and then showing the hell up hey we need someone to babysit kids or provide food and water and showing the hell up hey we need some some um you know, red wine vinegar for if they throw pepper spray at us and show up, Hey, we need, we're doing a gardening thing to grow food for people and, uh, you know, show the hell up with some seeds or some fertilizer or something like that. You know, Hey, we need, we need socks for houseless people and show up with socks. Hey, we need to, we need to, uh, put these handwashing stations around and show the hell up to help make or distribute the handwashing stations, you know? So, I mean, obviously organizing is, is great and we need it. So I do not want to discourage that in the least bit, uh, but even Never. if you're a little scared or feel unprepared to be an organizer, go to an organization and just help just yeah. help if you just, just show up and say hey help. i don't i don't i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i i just yeah. i support what you're doing yeah. and i want to help i have no, i guarantee you there is no org that's gonna say like ah like make fun like oh you don't want to you don't want to be lenin get the fuck out of here no like the body welcome willing bodies and people that want to help that's all that's the best we can be doing right now for a lot of yes. people and do yes. it i mean yes. you're you're going to be so far ahead of so many people if you have that inkling find an organization locally and do it and again we will continue trying to shout out as many as we can so hopefully you hear one close to you and you can you can get involved in whatever way you feel you feel you're able to contribute and again this doesn't mean like leadership is bad or unnecessary or anything if you can be an organizer you can be a leader thank you that's that's great but just i mean we we do we do stand the vanguard party so we are we are explicitly cool with leadership too but yes uh but that said i mean just just showing up and and either way you know have some humility i mean when you go there and you're like oh i have this great idea that no one's about it doesn't mean shut your ideas out your idea may be very helpful but also realize that there's a lot of people that have a lot of ideas and you might not have the mind-blowing idea you think you have there may be things people tried and people figured out didn't work or the organizations already do or there's a different organization that they work with that does it um what you need to do is you need to go there and you need to listen and when you volunteer if they say you know i don't got a job for you right now or i'm busy my organizing is too much you need to figure out what we need help with yourself uh, have some humility, you know, take a step back, figure out where they need the most help and realize that it's probably not going to go like that. It's probably going to go much better. Hey, we need this. Great. Perfect. You know, usually there's those kind of answers, but sometimes they're going to be like, you know, hey, we need you to, to help us call a phone zap. I mean, there, there's the thing you don't, you know, have to join an organization. I would, again, recommend joining an organization, but you don't have to call, join an organization to, to keep you out and do a phone zap. They say do a phone zap and they don't give you a script. It's okay to ask like for a script or what you could say, but if they're like, no, I don't know. I mean, just say something, say, say what we're demanding, figure it out. Don't be upset. I mean, have some humility. People are trying their asses off and this is all the project we're working on together to help each other in the meet, in the interim and prepare for revolution and have a revolution when the day comes. Fuck 
Yes. This has been Mark's Madness. Oh, the last thing. We got to, damn it, we didn't do our Twitter. Uh, our Twitter's <laughs> at Mark's Madness Pod. Damn it, we were we were flowing so well there. Fuck it. Yeah, our yep. Twitter's at Mark's Madness Pod. Uh and hit us a DM is probably we're just we're we're out there we're we're in the places. But yeah. this being said, this has been Mark's Madness. We uh, we read books, uh, you know, for yeah. a thing consecutively every Wednesday. <laughs> Never missed a Wednesday. Never will miss a Wednesday till the end of linear time. Um, my name's Nathan. My name's David. Bye. Bye.